No, baby, that's for somebody else. We're just going to keep you right where you're at right now. It doesn't matter what you think. The Wrestling Round presents Break It Down with Brian H. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this episode of Break It Down with Brian H. On this special edition, I have a special guest, one uh, guest from one of the podcasts I always listen to in my podcast rotation, and that is my boy Chad from View from the Top Rope. So Chad and I got a chance to talk uh, about how the podcast got started, as well as talk a little bit of AEW, as well as some of the superstars who are being requesting their release and of course we had to talk about the things with mandy rose and alexa bliss because the internet doesn't seem to like what's going on and he and my good buddy diesel talked about it on their show so i had to ask him why i had him right here on the podcast so without further ado here is episode 52 with chad from view from the top rope all right, ladies and gentlemen, as promised, I have a special guest on the line tonight. It's my man, Chad, from View from the Top Rope of the Visionary uh, Visionary, Wrestle, Visionary Wrestling Network. Did I get that right? Yeah, they get it right. Okay, cool. You know, I'm always listening. You guys have heard, you know, if you've been listening to the show a while, you heard them, especially this past week, um, you heard the audio drop from chad but now you get to hear him live and in living color what's up man how you feeling oh man i'm feeling real good i'm jacked to be on break it down with you man <laughs> i appreciate it so man um you know so it's you you three of y'all it's you diesel and jr how'd y'all get started uh so fun fact me jr and diesel have been friends now for over a decade uh we became friends right after high school uh, I moved into a house with a couple other guys, and they were already friends with Diesel and Jr. I didn't know them that well, mm-hmm. uh, but so we connected that way. And uh, actually, back then, that was while we were on our wrestling rumspringa. I don't know if you ever hear us talk about this. Mm-hmm. We always say that everyone needs like a few years off wrestling, yep. you know, to really get back into it. So none of us were into wrestling back then when we first started hanging back out. But back in about 2011, after about you know. Five years into the friendship, we all started slowly moving back to WWE. And then we started into watching all the big major pay-per-views together again. Just, you know, a nostalgic thing. We're like, hey, let's watch WrestleMania together and Royal Rumble and Survivor Series and all that. And then it just kept snowballing and we kept watching more and more wrestling together. And then we were like listening to, you know, Chris Jericho's podcast and all of those. And eventually we're like, you know what? We're kind of interesting people. We're kind of idiots at times, but I think people would like to listen to us. So we're like, why not jump on the bandwagon? And thus, View from the Top Rope was born. Wow. So, yeah, one of the things I like about your guys' show is that you invite the people to participate and they send in questions. And then, you know, what's so cool is because I feel like now, you know, I feel like I know enough about you. But I, by the way, congratulations on the engagement. Um, you know, I learned Thank that so from much. listening to the show. Um, but one of the things that I, I find very cool is that people will ask you guys about stuff outside of wrestling, you know, um, about the movies and stuff that I might not know about. But you guys are like a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a hyper nerd. Like I've always been an insomniac since about middle school. So I've had a lot of free time on my hands. So, yeah, I watch a lot of movies, comics, video games, wrestling, everything. I just I love it all. Cool, yeah, man. I just thought that was cool. What you, what would you say, is the most weirdest question you got during those times? Um, 
I think probably the weirdest question, and it's it's not really that weird, but just coming from someone that we don't know at all, mm-hmm. was way back when when we first started doing the fan questions, everything from a random person, they just were like, "Boxers or briefs," and I want a direct answer. I remember that. <laughs> And it was like, you know, I had no problem answering, and none of us did, but it was still like, wow, man. I mean, you don't know us at all, but I'm, I'm here. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a boxer's man, so that's cool. Yeah, I, I remember that, and I think I was sitting at my desk at work, and I just, like, busted out laughing. Because I think um, I discovered you guys' show through the um, one of the group chats. And yeah. Yeah, it was, like, one of the group chats during the, um, the predictions game. And, you know – Obviously, it's a lot of podcasts in there, but I think the thing that just stuck out, it just felt like you guys were just sitting there having fun while talking about wrestling. And it reminded me of uh, Dwayne and I with the wrestling realm where, you know, you're just sitting back, talking wrestling, having fun, being silly, being yourselves, not trying to overbook the product. Or even when I, you know, I listened to a couple of shows and I actually tell you, you know, one of the shows I stopped listening to after they like just went too hard on the Oscars match at WrestleMania, which I thought was the match of the night, you know, and yeah. when you guys would talk, even if I would be sitting there disagreeing, it was never, you guys never came off as like, oh, well, we say it's right, you know, and just one of the things um, I have to credit you guys for and say this publicly, I never knew who Walter was until listening to your show. And you guys kept talking about him. And then I was like, okay, you know, I started doing some research and then watching, you know, the UK and then kind of for things to come full circle, hearing you guys talk about it when I was listening to your show, uh, the most latest episode, I was listening to it today, hearing you guys talk about how jacked you guys and you just thought everything was great with his uh, debut. It was. It was perfect. And no, man, honestly, hearing you say these things about our show is exactly (laughs) what I want to hear from everyone. And that's mm-hmm. what we want from our show. And I'll tell you another quick story. Uh, so when we first started this show, it was just going to be me and Diesel to begin with. And uh, uh, me and Diesel were planning out how we we're going to do the show and everything like that. And my now fiance was in the room with us. And we were like fully planning out an episode, like booking it, like going, all right, this is what we're going to talk about. This is what we're going to talk about here and there. And she literally goes, what are you idiots doing? <laughs> and we're like, we're like, what? And she goes, no one's going to want to hear you episode if people are going to listen they're going to listen to you guys because you're interesting just you know off the cuff and everything like that and we're like that's an interesting thought that's a real interesting thought and i was like and that's how view from the top rope just kept going wow man that's awesome (laughs) yeah man so you know i mean sounds like she was right oh she was right i mean (laughs) she's almost always right like 99 percent of the time so i just i've come to accept that now that why you put a ring on it Damn right. <laughs> All right, man, tell me about StarCast, man. Um, I heard you guys talk a little bit about it, um, you know, just kind of refreshing memory because I thought that was cool. And I'll be omiss if I – I got to say, award-winning podcast, View from the Top Rope. But you guys, you know, you guys were at StarCast. What was the thing, like – what was the thing that, like, really made you realize, like, wow, we're here? Uh, the thing that made me realize the most that we were there is the first night – uh, we were, you know, we weren't on podcast row that day. We just been, you know, bumming around, just going to all different little exposés and everything like that. And Kevin Kelly had been doing uh, like fan commentary the whole morning, mm-hmm. like on one of the little pop up boots, like letting everyone come over. And we got back to the main lobby, and he was just finishing up. 
And we just went over there. So we're like, oh, he's just finished up. Let's just go and have a, you know, let's go get a picture with him, say hi, and just go, you know, this is great, man. I love your work and everything like that. So we walk over to talk to him and we start talking and we're talking for like five minutes and suddenly Matthew from Botchamania walks over and he starts talking to Kevin Kelly and Kevin Kelly goes, wait, who are you? And he goes, oh, I'm Matthew from Botchamania. And Kevin Kelly literally marked out and goes, oh my God, I love your movies on, you know, YouTube and everything like that. I love every single second of it. And then me, Diesel, Kevin Kelly, and Matthew all had like another probably 15-minute conversation just hanging around the lobby, not just talking random wrestling and everything like that. And really, in that moment, it was like, this is so natural and so wonderful. Just made me realize this is why we came to Sarcast right there. Yeah. Now, have you guys gotten any opportunities to go like backstage at um, some of the indie shows you go to? Um. So we haven't uh, – I mean – so most of the indie shows here in Wisconsin, to be honest, are held at pretty very small venues. So we can go backstage at them, but the backstage area really isn't much. Uh, mm-hmm. Our big main promotion here in Wisconsin is ICW Milwaukee, which mm-hmm. is held at this little tiny like dive bar. And we get to go early and we do interviews with all of them. We watch them set up the ring. We help them with that and everything like that. So that's our main promotion here in Wisconsin. Okay, cool. So uh, let's get into some uh, wrestling talk, uh, man. AEW. So uh, one of the things I just saw come out was that Cody Rhodes said there will not be any writers, said the wrestlers are the writers. What's your thoughts on that? It's an interesting concept. Um, it does remind me a little too much of the WCW days with the contract control and everything like that, where they have creative control. So it does give me a little bit of worry. Uh, so, yeah, so I say there's a big difference between back then because they were all about themselves back then, about making their own money and making sure they were the most popular on the card. So I think today's wrestlers understand a little bit more that it's about the product as a whole, not just about themselves. But still, I think that a ship needs a captain. I think there needs to be someone in charge who knows where they're going and how they're going to get there. So I like the idea that Wrestlers, you know, will be the writers and they'll have a lot of, you know, input on everything that's going on. But at the same time, I just causes me concern because this is what burned WCW down way back when. And so I just am a little concerned about that. Yeah, man. Um, and we saw WCW. You like uh, one of the things I was sitting there and I was popping at work when you said it. When I was listening to this episode, he was like, WCW had a lot of money, too. And look what happened. Exactly. And that's my major concern here. Like, it doesn't matter how much money you have to start the promotion, how much money you have backing you. You need to have a solid game plan and a course of action that you're going to go through. And if you're going to say that all the wrestlers are writing the storylines, that kind of worries me because I really think that wrestling is a lot like a movie. You need a script and like a like a guide that has all of the backstory of everyone like you know, this is this, and this is this, and this happens there, and everything like that. So I love the fact that they're saying they're going to give that much creative control and everything, but it's just, it's scary to me. I want AEW to do great. Mm-hmm. Just so worried. Yeah, like you were saying uh, about AEW, you know, kind of, um, you know, feeling like, you know, we know what WCW did. And I think, you know, one of the things we want people to realize is we want the products to succeed. Um we as wrestler fans, it's better for us to have more wrestling, you know, 
But it's like, don't try to sell us on this dream. Like, oh, yeah, this is going to be the thing that takes the WWE down under. That's a company that's been around for more than 70 years. Exactly. And that's what, like, I, I know it sounds like I'm being negative when I say these things about AEW, but I'm just trying to be realistic about it. I want it to be great. Mm-hmm. I want it to be absolutely amazing and be the new WCW to create a new Monday Night Wars. But I also lived through the Monday Night Wars and I saw what destroyed WCW and a few of the things I'm already kind of seeing on the wall for AEW. So just, you know, I'm mixing my optimism with a little bit of realism. And let's be real. If we, you know, when you really think about WCW, it's sad. When you really think is TNA has been around longer than WCW. Oh, yeah. You know, um, if you had a billionaire who had a lot of money who loved wrestling. And the only reason why WCW went under was because AOL took over and said, no, you got to get rid of this. Otherwise, WCW would still be around. Yep. Because Ted Turner loved it that much, you know. Um, so that's the thing. You know, I'm looking at it like, you know, we got AEW, you know, Cody Rose saying the wrestlers, man. I thought, I was like, Okay, so what's going to happen when Pac doesn't want to put over Hangman Page or vice versa? You know, what's going to happen with the, um, you know, or and maybe let's not even go there. Let's even stay some of the the newer guys, the younger wrestlers. Let's say Joey Janela and, um, excuse me, let's just say Mike Bennett gets his release and they start having creative differences. You know what I mean? And one thing Chris Jericho said on his podcast to Conrad Thompson he said, you know, Conrad stresses the fact as a mortgage guy, he does the people don't work for him, they work with him. And Jericho told him, he's like, no, man, it's the wrestling business. It's different than the mortgage business. These people gotta work for you. Otherwise, you're gonna have uh, you're gonna have people, you have WCW essentially. Exactly. You know. That's why I think they I think that someone and if it is Cody and the Young Bucks, maybe that's who it needs to be. Maybe they just need to be in charge and you know. Just writing, like, a basis of where they're supposed to go. That's just that's my big thing. Like, it's wrestling is entertainment. It's just like a TV show, a movie, a play, anything like that. You have to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And if you're booking by the seat of your pants, it's going to show. It's not going to be an interesting story. We're going to be able to tell. And in this day and age, us as wrestling fans are so darn smart about everything that we see through so much stuff that it's hard. I mean, it's honestly hard to be a wrestling writer at this point. Mm-hmm. What was the last thing that legitimately shocked you in wrestling? The last thing that legitimately shocked me, I will not lie to you, is when Goldberg beat Brock Lesnar in, what, 15 seconds way back when? That's when he came out and he speared Brock Lesnar and Jack Ham- Jack Hammerton and it was over. Like, yeah. I remember watching that with Diesel and Jr. and all three of us, our jaws were on the floor. Like, I mean, we all like jumped off of the couch and spilled beers and were like, "What just happened? There is no way this is happening in today's wrestling right now." Right. What was yeah. laughing at you, Brian? Oh, man, you know, I'm sitting here, as you were saying, I was thinking about that. I think the first thing that jumps out to mind was when Brock appeared on the uh, Roman and Strowman match. Oh, yeah. Just because I didn't see it coming, you know, and that's just like one of those things that just, it just, because if that, you know, we just 
as wrestling fans, we knew, okay, Brock is done with WWE. He's getting ready to go to UFC. They got the title off of him. His contract is up. So, yeah, we wanted to worry about him. And then he shows up. It was like, wow, I didn't see that coming. So I think that was the last thing that just jumps right out the mind that uh, legitimately shocked me. And weird fact that both of ours are with Brock Lesnar. And all <laughs> wrestling fans hate on Brock Lesnar constantly for saying he's a detriment to the business. But damn, if that man can't create moments. Right. You know, and I, I had to have a, um, you know, a realist moment where I was like, you know what? Here's the thing. Brock is here. He's the champion right now. Um, I'm, you know, sad. And, you know, my prayers go out for Roman Reigns. Um, I was... So I'm a huge Daniel Bryan fan, so I was, you know, not liking the fact that they was giving us Roman Reigns in 2015 when I was like, you got a David versus Goliath story, give me Brock versus Daniel. But that's a great storyline they could have told. Yeah, and I didn't hate Roman, but I was like, no, he's not the guy. Stop shoving him down my throat. Then afterwards, I said, all right, you know, I'm I'm invested. Especially, I wanted him to beat Brock at WrestleMania just because I was tired of Brock with the belt. Then he didn't. So when he won at SummerSlam, I was happy. But then, like now, for the first time, I was like, man, you know what? I miss Roman. I think a lot more people do, especially the way Monday Night Raw was through November, December. I think a lot more people do miss him than they wanted to admit. No, and we've always been, I mean, myself, Diesel, and JR, we've always been Roman supporters. Like, it was just how they were presenting the character Mm -hmm. that we didn't like. But as a wrestler and as an actual performer the dude can go and he is great in the ring and you know what he elicits a response we can go back to the john cena stuff where it was like oh john cena is the worst they're pushing him down our throats look at him now he's mm-hmm. now our favorite guy every time he comes out he's got a stupid haircut and he's just <laughs> putting people over like he gets it mm-hmm. and gets it too yeah and you know the thing about cena man is um I, to me, he's the greatest WWE superstar of all time. What I mean is, as far as the complete package, you know, being able to put tell a good story in the ring and being able to be there and represent the company. You know, yeah, you had Hogan, you had Austin, but John Cena did it longer than both of them. And to stay on top and to be able to work with anybody and tell great stories that's why he's my guy for the number one greatest WWE superstar of all time. And you could also say that John Cena is the only one who actually evolved. Like, no offense to Rock or the Hogan or anything, like, but they never changed their moves at all. They never, like, evolved beyond what they did. They had the same move set, their matches. You know, they were good, but they were always the same thing. John Cena yeah. has proven many times, again, that he is willing to, you know, go the extra mile, go, what can I do to make things more interesting? Sure, yeah. his move wasn't always the great. That springboard stunner wasn't gorgeous. <laughs> and his new sixth move of doom isn't gorgeous either, but he still tries. Like, he cares. He's like, I want to evolve with this business. And mm. I love The Rock and Hogan, but they never did. They had the leg drop, the people's elbow, and the rock bottom. Exactly. All right, so let's shift gears a little bit, man. Kenny Omega. I'm going to skip around. I know I got to run down a certain way, but I'm going to skip around a little bit. Kenny Omega, where do you think he goes? Where do you want to see him go? I honestly, and this is not popular, I want him to go to the WWE. I really want him to come to the WWE. (laughs) I I don't think he will right now. I think he's probably going to end up in AEW. Mm -hmm. But I think Kenny Omega in WWE 
could really shake them, some things up. Yep. I mean, you got – they said AJ Styles was pitching him. You know, um, mm-hmm. I, I'm with you on that one. Uh, I really want to see him in the company. Um, from what I watched, I enjoyed his matches. I want to see what he can do with the machine behind him. I don't think the WWE would bring him in to waste him. I think they would, you know, have some good things for him. Exactly. And I think they would take the exact same kind of route they took with AJ Styles, where he came into the Royal Rumble, even though, if my opinion, I don't want him to debut at the Royal Rumble. But mm-hmm. I think they would bring him in for like a nice little small feud and then just catapult him right to the main event. And mm-hmm. he would do great with the mic in his hand and i think with the machine behind him kenny omega could do some amazing things in wwe and you know i just hope that they do not let people know i hope you know how when the hardys returned at wrestlemania uh, 33 they snuck him in the building that's what i would like to see them do with uh, kenny omega oh 100 percent. yeah because it's true when wwe really doesn't want something to leak they can keep it from leaking you know, uh, Chris Jericho said, you know, they had him going like through underground when he made one of his returns, went through an underground tunnel in a limo and they had him all dressed, you know, covered up. They can make this stuff happen. So that's what I would love to see him do with Kenny Omega. When AJ Styles debuted, it was the same night as the uh, Cardinals Panthers NFC championship game. And the thing that irritated me was because I had I was on Instagram. And they revealed it, like, number three. And that was the year they was, like, showing you who was coming out next via Instagram. I was so mad. Yeah, that, that's, that's one of my biggest gripes with WWE, with their social media, and even the network, is don't put your winner up on the, like, broadcast. Because sometimes I don't have time to watch the actual, like, live broadcast of pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go on the next day to watch the pay-per-view, and it'll show me right in the main thing when I'm about to start it, Oh, this is the new champion. It's like, what the hell, WWE? Come on, give me a little bit of things, you know? A lot of people can't watch things live. Exactly. Um, so they, you know, they got um, these uh, rumors out as far as wrestlers requesting their release. We heard about the revival. Mike Bennett and Maria asked for that release. And now there's rumors about Dolph Ziggler. What's your thoughts on them? You give me your thoughts on each one of them or as a whole. It's up to you. So uh, for the revival, I think it's the right move. I think NXT, like, I think they should have never left NXT. And Triple H just recently came out with some comments saying that, you know, some wrestlers will never leave NXT. Mm-hmm. And I wish the revival had been one of those superstars because they could still be kings of NXT. Like yeah. bringing out all the new tag teams. They could be challenging the NXT UK division tag team champions. Like, I think the Revival were perfect for NXT. So I think they need to get out now. <laughs> From, because they're not main, they're not main card material, I guess, in the way that everyone else is. Mm-hmm. Now, if maybe SmackDown switches to more of a sports oriented, where, you know, wins and losses actually matter, like Fox wants them to, then maybe they fit there. But honestly, I think they are good to go for a release. And to go to AEW and see them finally face the Young Bucks, I would be very excited. Yeah. Uh, And then for uh, the Bennets, I mean, they were kind of screwed from the beginning. I mean, uh, Mike had his, you know, addiction issues right when he came in. And Rhea got pregnant right away. 
So I don't actually think they should be looking for their release right now. I think they should be letting this, you know, simmer a little bit more. Because I think that Mike Bennett and Canellis could be a great main event uh, scene the, along the lines of Miz and Maurice. So mm-hmm. them requesting their release, I think, is a little preeminent. I don't like that as much. I mean, Mike Bennett is a phenomenal worker. And I love Maria. I mean, she has done some great things in New Japan and everything like that. She is just a great ballet and everything she does. But I think they're kind of jumping the gun a little bit. I think they are just a little, you know, they're seeing too much gold out there. But they're like, oh, we should get out of here right now. And I think really they should wait it out because I think they could be great in the WWE because their gimmick, it didn't give a chance because of, you know, the issues with both of them with the pregnancy and the dependency on you know, alcohol and drugs when it, you know, first debuted. But that Power of Love song and that gimmick, I thought it had legs. I thought it was going to run for a while. Yeah. I mean, you have a good points right Dolph there. Can go do his comedy. I don't care about Dolph. Ziggle Pickle Pudding Pants can go do his comedy routine. <laughs> he wants to be a stand-up comedian anyway, so I don't even care anymore. Just <gasps> go, go do some jokes or something. Get off my screen. Wow. That's how you feel? I, I do. I, I, and I don't, I'm not trying to take any digs at Ziggle Pickle Pudding Pants or anything like that. But honestly, his routine is so tired and just, I'm done with it. I'm, I'm over it. I agree. I mean, what's the difference between what he's doing now and what he was did in 2013 when he was hot? Exactly. It's the exact same shtick over and over. And he's basically becoming the new big show where he's like, I'm going to flip between heel and face every other week. And you don't even care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man. You know, uh, touch on the revival, man. Um, you know, you're right about as far as the they probably should have stayed in NXT. But I got to ask you this, because I started thinking, are they on the wrong show with the, you know, tag teams? Would they be better off with a tag team like the Us- like if they had dance partners such as the Usos, the New Day, or the Bar, or even Anderson and Gallows? What you think about that? I mean, I would love to see them on SmackDown. I mean, Raw's tag team division is just a garbage fire. And if they went to SmackDown with, you know, the greatness that is there, which is the only place the WWE decides besides NXT to cultivate a tag team division. Yeah, they mm. could be better, but that also, that entire, there's just so many names there. And I mean, mm. we're going to get the Bludgeon Brothers back soon. And I mean, we're going to get, I really do think that uh, Heavy Machinery is coming to SmackDown. I know they seem more like a raw tag team, but mm-hmm. I think them and New Day on SmackDown will just create some absolute hilarious moments. So I think they're going to SmackDown too. So it would just be the SmackDown tag team division is amazing, but I think the revival would be lost in the shuffle again. I mean, even the good brothers are lost in the shuffle over there on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. That's true. But you know, they also doing cool stuff on the network. So I don't think they're as worried about it as a lot of like, we might want to see them more, but I think, you know, they oh, they're going to be collecting their paychecks right now. Yeah, you know. Have you got a chance to check out their show on the network? Uh, their new uh, Basho Mania? Yes, it's it's good stuff. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It reminds me a little bit of Talking Shop. I don't know if you ever listened to their old podcast from back when they were in New Japan. A couple of episodes. Reminds, yes, it reminds me a lot of their old shenanigans back when it was him and just doing random crap and just making up impressions and everything. So, no. They are two of the funniest guys around, so I do. I do enjoy their new Bacho Mania section. Yeah. And um, let's see. And who else have we talked about? Oh, yeah, Ben and Maria, man. You know, I'm, 
I thought Mike Bennett belonged in the WWE around 2012 um, when he had um, I forgot the name when he had his long hair and he had the other theme song. I just felt that at that time Ring of Honor wasn't the place for him. I felt like man, this guy should be in WWE, but you know he just he still would have got lost in the shuffle, especially they didn't have like a 205 live and he would have probably been looked at as a smaller uh, guy. Back then he would have been too small and they wouldn't even have talked to him. <laughs> yeah. You know. But, um, you know, before we get out of here, man, I got to ask you because I was listening to you and Diesel and I was listening to been watching the internet and you guys just do not seem to be happy with Mandy Rose and Alexa Bliss kind of being a little on the edgy side. No, I, I'm I'm just okay. So here, I have no problems with them being edgy at all. Okay. But I want one thing: if they're going to do this, I want equal representation for a male being edgy. I want him to catch Finn Balor in the backstage in just a towel around his like waist or something like that. Like I just wanted to go both ways. Okay. I don't really mind if you know you want to do these, you know, uh, risque angles or everything. But I think it should go both ways because at this point. I know that they say wrestling is the more male-dominated, you know, fan base and everything. But from Twitter and YouTube and everything I've interacted with, from StarCast and being at event, exactly. I want to see equal risque because as I have, you know, I've been admiring people on Twitter, have I been hanging out on YouTube, going to events and everything. The women populace is just as apparent in the crowds and everything like that as the male populace. Mm-hmm. So you want to know how that we're not going to complain about these things? You get equal time to both risque angles. I want to see Mandy Rose walk out on Finn Balor in a towel and go, ooh, interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want it to go both ways. That's my main issue with it. I don't mind risque angles. Like, I'm not a prude or anything like that. But I just don't want one gender over-sexualized than the other. Because, I mean, honestly, let's be honest. The guys are walking around in skimpy shorts as well. So let's play to both sides of the field. It's funny you say that because that was one of my biggest complaints about Roman. But then I'm like, okay, well, you know, he's a married man, so I, I respect that. But I was like, dude, you could be you playing up to the uh, female demographic more the way The Rock used to, you know, back <laughs> in the day. But, you know, I, I was I was listening. And, you know, that was my thing. One of the things I said on um previous episode was, don't overdo it, but those kind of made sense for me. Um, with Alexa Bliss, you know, she was getting ready, somebody bombarded her room. Boom. Oh, you know, that could have happened in the you know, to me it was like that wasn't that bad. No, that was a, like a real life situation. The Alexa Bliss one really didn't get to me that much. Yeah. Like I didn't understand the Twitter outrage or everything about that. That was a real life situation. Like that happens in entertainment and everything like that. Mm. People get walked in on when they're getting ready for a segment. Right, you know, the um the Mandy Rose one, I was not really a fan, I guess because I was more so like, please, just don't make Jimmy Uso cheat. Like, we all know they're married. Come on now, you know. But I, at the same time, I like it because it is a real-life situation. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it's believable. Hey, this woman's messing with my husband. I need to beat her tail. You know what I mean? So that part didn't... But at the same time, it's like, all right, let's see. Don't go as far as you did with Lita and Dean Malenko. That's what I didn't want to see. 
Exactly. And I won't lie, I really did enjoy the SmackDown segment this week with Jimmy going to the hotel room and bringing uh, Naomi with him. I thought that was great. I did not see that kind of angle, like how they did it with what they were going to do. I thought it was amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Well, man, I'm going to just go. I'm going to get ready to go ahead and let you go. But, um, you know, before I let you go, I got to let you, you know, plug yourself one more time. Where can the people find you? Uh, you can find View from the Top Rope each and every Thursday, only on the Visionaries Wrestling Network. Uh, and that is on multitudes of podcasting platforms, Spotify, iTunes, uh, iHeartRadio, and basically anywhere. Just type in Visionaries Wrestling Network into your Google, and you will find us. All right, man. I definitely can't wait. Got to have you on here again, man. I really appreciate you coming through. And, um, you know, hopefully I can get the rest of the gang on, get the whole view from the top rope on. I really cannot wait, and you are darn right. We will be on again, and I will make sure Diesel and JR are around. Yeah, absolutely. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is Chad, the master and the ruler of the worlds of the Visionary Wrestling Network. And whoop, whoop. the host of View from the Top Rope. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so that was... Chad from View from the Top Rope, you heard what he said. Make sure you check them out at View from Top Rope on Twitter. Um, and that will do it for this edition. Make sure you check out the Wrestling Realm on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, you name it. We're there. Oh, yeah, we, we got you covered too, Google Podcast. So, and then if you're on Anchor and you course you want to make a couple donations you can definitely support the show right there just click on the button on, on anchor.fm but also make sure you subscribe and tell us how you think tell us what you think about the show make sure you hit the reviews on itunes and spotify and you know drop those five stars till the next time i'm brian h waters so long everybody